0: Welcome to this podcast message from Kingdom Faith. One of the things, uh, just briefly, um, I have a, a statement coming up on the screen, and uh, it's it's quite an interesting statement. Um, and it's an important one, I believe, um, as we uh, move forward into the things that God has planned and prepared for us. Um, all of us, I believe, are leaders in our society. And Wherever God has placed you, God has called you to lead in that place. He's not called you to be on the back front foot. He's called you to be at the forefront of His plan and His purpose for you wherever that may be. And so you, as a leader, will define the culture where you are. Now, obviously, there is different levels of defining culture. Um, and, you know, if you're a director, you can define culture in a particular way. But, you know, as a believer, you need to define another type of culture, the kingdom culture, wherever you are, uh, whatever part of the marketplace that you're working in. And so this is, for, for me, relevant for every one of us. What you are silent um, about, you allow. That's an interesting one. And what you allow, you endorse. Set the bar high and hold people at a standard, not just in performance, but in character. Silence. When you're at work or whenever you're in any situation, what are you saying in the environment that God has placed you in? Now, I'm not talking about um, placards and and things like that, declaring truths. But I do believe that we as a group of people need to understand that we have a, a responsibility not to... Remain silent upon several of the issues that are facing the church today. Um, God's God speaking, been speaking to me a little bit about idolatry. And talking to me about the idolatry that actually um, is in the world today and uh, amongst actually many Christians as well. And there's a statistic out there that um, actually, this is in the States that there's the generation between about 20 and 35 in the States that 96% of people, Christians, uh, would not see um, the Bible or read the Bible in any uh, serious way. And so they base their life, they base everything upon the emotion and the feelings of that day. They they base the decision-making upon how they feel not upon the word of God. So that's only 4% of believers in the States. Now, I'm not saying, I, I believe that's very similar to UK as well, that so many people in church at this moment in time, we are silent because actually we're not knowing what we're to say in the situations that we find ourselves in. So for me, that's why we as a a church have got a reading plan, a Bible reading plan, because we don't want you to be ignorant of what the word of God is saying in the places that he is going to take and lead you into. We want you to be people who are listening to what the word says so that when something happens within the workplace or in your neighborhood, in your family... You have the situation where you can speak truth in love in those situations because you know that you have a firm foundation. You have an authority of what you're speaking about. It's not just a, I think this or I believe this or I'm emotional about this. It's because you understand what the word of God says, because you understand what Father God is saying In that situation and circumstance. And therefore, you do not have to remain quiet in those situations or circumstances. Because in that words that we were reading on the screen, when you're silent about something, people take it out there as that you're endorsing whatever they're voicing. Now, again, please, I'm not talking about slapping them in the face with words. But I am talking about understanding what the truth is in the word of God so that when something doesn't ring true, both in the Christian world and also the world out there, we do have the authority of the word of God to not remain quiet. Um, David found this out um, in Psalm 38, sorry 39. says, I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin, verse 1. I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. So I remained utterly silent, not even saying anything good. So not saying anything contrary to what we're hearing. But my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me. While I meditated, the fire burnt. Then I spoke with my tongue. And then it just goes on and on and on regarding just periods of life. But David found that there were situations that he was finding himself in where there was wickedness around him and there was sometimes so much wickedness that he still said, I'm not going to speak about it. And so in this particular scripture. So I'm going to put a muzzle. I'm going to put a zip on me. And because I'm not going to say about these different things that are happening, whether it's, you know, one of the things that gets me big time is um, some of these um, adverts on television to do with um, loans, loan companies that are charging 1000% on loans. That gets me. That gets me annoyed. It really does, you know, because who is it hitting? It's hitting those people who are desperately in need of those financial, um, you know, extras, that £100, that £500 for something that's broken. And it really gets me when I see these adverts um, promising the world to everybody, but then on the small print at the bottom, it's 1,580%. That annoys me. Even 99% annoys me. And it's just like there is time, I believe, that God is going to cause um, me to rise up within that issue um, and speak. And it's not that I've been silent about it. It's just that, Lord, help me to understand where I can speak into so that actually I can then bring influence, so that I can see bring change. And we did talk about um, setting up a bank of sorts um, in um, Horsham and and it's the ideas started to come and we were in discussion but it never then went to the next step. But why am I talking about that? Because there's times where actually we see injustice and injustice certainly is within this financial world where people are loaning money at an extraordinary rate of interest. That's wrong. It's wrong. It's abusing something in a particular area of society where we need to get in but you see it's it's one of those issues that I start to burn about I get annoyed about I I I don't throw anything at the television but I I do speak to the television but there's times I believe that God's going to take me into another area where I'm going to speak in a, a greater way where we actually can bring influence and actually therefore bring change but I've got to, and I believe God's going to get me into the room where things that can, can begin to change in that area. Yeah. But you see, God, I believe, is going to take you into places and situations where there is a burning within you. There's a cause within you. One of the things about a generation that I'm talking about, and I believe this crosses every generation, but in particular 20 uh, to 32-year-olds, 33-year-olds, one of the things that um, they really um, have a go a little bit of why they leave churches, is that they don't have a cause, they don't have a reason to um, express their Christian faith in the marketplace, because that's not what's spoken about in a lot of churches. And, you know, one of the things that I want all of you, including that generation of you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, right up to 31, 32. Am I missing anybody out? Uh, um, I, I don't want to miss you out, Nathan. What, oh, Naomi, you're a little bit older than... Yeah, she's, she's quite older. Stop it, quick, quick, quick. Put, put a muzzle on your mouth. <laughs> I better had on that one, do not I? But, you know, one of the things that we understand is that when, when people have a cause, when they, they have something that the Holy Spirit gives them and they begin to get equipped, they get activated within that, that group of people remain within, not just in the church, but they, they see how church can then lead them forward into all that God has destined for them. It's not something then a separate entity, but it's part of the journey that I believe that actually God's called the church to do. God's not called the church just to sit back in four walls. But God is wanting us to activate our lives, not just in our own strength, not in our own ability, but with the power of the living God that is at work. And then working with each one of us where you come alongside others who have the same interest, have the same heart, have the same passion, and then begin to pray together, getting God's strategy, God's wisdom of how he wants to impact That area of society that is concerning, i.e. for me, that was finances. For Helena, it's the prostitution issue. I know for others, you know, it's homelessness. And I'm sure if we went around, there may be other issues that God has raised within you that sort of says, actually, we can make a difference as the church because we can't remain silent praising God in our building, which is so important too. You see, the first commandment is, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, everything that you have." It's so important that we give in God everything, yeah. like Nathan prayed on Thursday of camp. You know, we give God everything, but one of the things is, we can't be silent about our love for God. We've got to begin to speak out about who God is. One of the things I believe that God is wanting to do over these next months is to give you your own stories. I I believe that God wants to release each one of us to begin to pray for others and seeing God touching people's lives, healing, seeing people set free. Because I, I believe the scripture where it says truth will set your people free. And when we know the truth... When we speak the truth and we're not silent, then lives are going to be impacted with that truth. And I believe that God is wanting us to have those God-given opportunities. I believe God's going to bring people across your path, only not only to um, speak the word, but actually to demonstrate it and sort of saying, actually, is there anything wrong in your body or what that situation? Let's believe that God is going to touch that particular situation, whether it's a, a new job that's needed or, or something, a red restoration within a family or some physical healing or something mentally that needs to be, um, if somebody's stressed that God's peace will come into that situation. Let's not remain silent in those situations because I believe God's placed us in those situations for a reason, for a purpose. It's not to remain silent. We're not wanting to endorse this, that, that conversation that may be negative. We don't want to endorse that by remaining silent. Yeah. We want to become the people who bring the word of God into that situation, bringing life, bringing truth, bringing reality, and ultimately bringing the power and the name of Jesus into that situation. Amen. Seeing that demonstrated. Again and again and again in so many different ways. But we can't be silent. We can't have that muzzle anymore. There's obviously um, things in the news this week um, about the burqa. Let's get it out there. And, um, you know, we have uh, Boris Johnson saying what he said, whether you agree with him or not. There is um, a shutting down of free speech in this country at this moment in time. There's a shutting down of people proclaiming the name of Jesus in this nation. And when it doesn't agree with a certain um, portion of society, and it doesn't agree with the PC of the today... It's like there is a shutting down of having a right to speak the truth of who God is in different situations and circumstances. I mean, Naomi and Claire are school teachers, and they have got to be very careful in their situation about the Christianity. And we need to be praying for people like Claire and you know and, and Naomi because they're in a, a, a real situation where they're in school and school are telling them to say certain things and they are being prescribed very, is, is this right? They're being prescribed what is to be taught, what's not to be taught, what they're allowed to say, what they're not allowed to say. That doesn't give anybody the, the, <laughs> the freedom really to have a and form an own opinion and that's our children. They're being told they have to think in a certain way. Right. They are being taught how to, um, you have to accept this form of lifestyle. If a child, um, I heard a, a situation um, actually in Canada and uh, this was a, a woman who had uh, come from an abuse and not s- situation, and she had been found in emergency housing. And in this p- p- emergency housing, she didn't have any children. And in this situation, she had a. Um, she was told that she was sharing with a, another person, who identified themselves as a woman. Uh, that person was definitely a man. But because they said that, that person said, I feel like a woman, they put them together, sharing a room. She was intimidated already. And therefore, in that scenario, she complained and sort of said, this isn't right. This can't be right. When you have a male saying that, at the moment, I feel like a female, so you've got to treat me like a female. We can't be silent about these things. Now, please, I I do think we need wisdom. And we need to be praying that there is going to be people who are going to go into the public arena and be able to begin to say, this cannot be right. Where, you know, some of our children, if they feel that they're male or female, that they can go and share the same bathroom or the same shower rooms. This can't be right, but this is what actually has been taught at the moment. This is what they are wanting to bring in to the education system, where if you're a, a trans, this, this in-between thing where you can be who you want to be. We, we can't be silent about these things. God's not called the church to be silent. He's called us to be wise, and we're not going to be on placards outside streets and things like that. Because for me, that's, not, that's a little bit more judgmental rather than loving. Yeah. However, according to the word of God, there, there comes a time where these issues that begin to burn in us. The church needs to begin to have a voice again and whatever the government says about what is pc and not pc what is acceptable and what not is not acceptable as the church we have to begin to think what is the kingdom of god and therefore what he is he saying about these issues and therefore what's my role within it See, this is not just about, oh it's, oh, it's just the church over there. It's just the, the archbishops of Canterbury and, and people of that ilk that get into the House of Lords, that get into Houses of Parliament. No, this is about you and me being who God called us to be in the places that he's asked you to go into And therefore in those situations with the wisdom that God gives through the power of his Holy Spirit that you do not remain silent so that you're not endorsing that issue, that sentiment that potentially has been talked about within a setting. We can't be silent. You know, these youngsters today... Can I classify myself as a youngster? No, not really. Um, please. Um, but, you know, they are facing all sorts of different things that my generation didn't. They're, you know, they're sometimes on the face in ways that I wasn't. And guys, this is why we as the church are together, not separate. This is why, you know, we need to be working together where we're praying for our younger generation. Where we're supporting Naomi and Claire in the influences that they have, where they are having to speak things and teach children the things that maybe, you know, they don't agree with 100%. It's challenging. It's challenging, please, it's challenging. And we need to pray that God will give them wisdom of how to to do this within the environments that God has placed them in. Accountants, university. The situations where, you know, a university student in Sheffield, we, we mentioned this a little while ago, and in his in a private capacity he started just to somebody asked him a question about homosexuality actually and he just sort of said in his opinion he believed the word of god he got thrown out of the course in sheffield university for just saying those things these things are happening And, you know, God's not called us, however, to remain silent about these issues and hoping that they're going to go away. They're not. They're going to, according to the word of God, they're not going to get any better until God returns in his glory or the church becomes what we should become. Having the power of the supernatural God working through you and me To see communities, cities transformed with the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People keep asking me. You know, London is 7 million people. And, you know, partly I I thank Nat and Cynthia for this. um, And Kurt as well. Because we got into a table discussion. And... We're not just talking about a little place. We're talking about a city transformed. And I'm seeing that now in a different way than I ever seen it before. Because when you take things like that to prayer, God can then begin to tell you actually, I can do far more than you can ask or imagine. I can do so much more than you can ask or imagine. I don't know about you, can you imagine a lot? Can you imagine a lot of things that God can do in this city? Oh yeah, it'd be great to have 100, 200, 300 people in the church and blessing the city. But we've got 7 million people in this city. And in uh, according to the statistics, it's going to be by 2030, they reckon it's going to be about eight um, and eight million plus. But can you see God transforming a city? Can you see it? What would that look like? Lights changed by the power of God. the gospel going forth. People saying yes to Jesus. People healed, set free. Communities beginning to work with the the rich and the poor because actually both of them are poor in spirit if they don't have Jesus Christ. Can you see across the city people really beginning to get into prayer? In New York, In 1759, there was a prayer meeting that started with a couple of people. After six months, there was thousands upon thousands of people in the city of New York praying for God to move. Offices, shops were closed during lunchtime because they were wanting to attend a prayer meeting. Why? Because God had turned up. When God turns up, things get transformed. But you see, it starts with you and me. It's not that suddenly God's going to click his finger and sort of say, okay, I'm going to show up. I believe he can do that if he wants to. But you know, I believe that God's sort of saying, no, actually, I put my spirit in you. I put my Holy Spirit in your life. And I'm wanting you to be the ambassador my ambassador in that situation that circumstance that that office that school i want to see you begin to transform university i want you to transform the building project i want you to transform ramazwaran in southern india I want you to transform the community that God's placed you in. And you see, this is when the church becomes alive. And this is not just about Kingdom Faith Church London. This is about the kingdom of God coming alive. Sorry, it's probably just gone. Um, That's why it's so great. You can have Nathan, because I've just gone over. that's why it's so great that for me that we're part of something that is truly inspired i believe by god and that's why we're on a great adventure and we can't let go of god at this moment in time and whatever generation you're from you have a destiny each one of you has a destiny One that is filled, if you allow him to be, with some great things. And I believe God is going to put a cause upon your heart. Something that you begin to burn with a passion for. It may be for young people, it may be for children, it may be for politicians, it may be for just your work colleagues, it may be for your neighbours. But Lord, I'm longing for that reality of Christ to come and invade this city. God is able to do so much more. Would you just like to stand please? Just very briefly. If you know that there's been times and situations uh, you've been a, in a, a place or a situation, and you've actually remained quiet. It's like the Holy Spirit sort of said, Yeah, you need to say something here, you need to say something, but because of different situations or lack of courage, lack of that, there was a little bit of fear there, and therefore you didn't speak out. It's just for me important to be honest before God and just saying, God you know I've blown it so many times Lord I'm so sorry that Lord I I didn't put my neck out on that situation and and please forgive me and and God I, I want to not muzzle my mouth and Lord I want to be a person who speaks truth in love in the situations that you send me into you need to put your own words to these things This is called doing business with God. If you feel that you don't really know him that well, just say, Lord, just begin to teach me so that I can get to know you even better than I am today. I don't want to be out part of that 96% of young people who base their decisions on how they feel. I want to be a person who bases my life, my decisions on the word of God. I want to be a person who knows what you're saying at each and every situation because I believe that this word is inspired by you. Father, I just ask you, and this is something that you can ask God too, as well. Lord, give me a boldness and a wisdom and a love for the others around me, so that I will not remain silent and endorse what has been said. But you will give me the wisdom and the words in each and every situation that you place me in so that your name will be glorified in that situation. Father, your son often did it with meekness and gentleness and with such a heart of compassion. And Lord, I ask you that you'll teach me, that you will show me, you will reveal yourself to me in a greater way so that my life, oh Lord, begins to be become more ambassadorial for your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that for each and every one of us, That as representatives of your kingdom, wherever you have placed us in the marketplace, Lord, enable us, Father, to speak out, to proclaim truth, not to remain silent. Give us wisdom of what battles to fight and even battles that at times we walk away from. Lord, you told David strategy. Sometimes you told him to go face on into the battle. Other times you told him to go to the sides and wait until the wind blows in the mulberry trees. Then that's to go to the battle. You taught David's strategy. You taught Joshua strategy. And Lord, I ask you that you will teach us the strategy that you want for your church to take this city. Father, you can do far more than we can ask or imagine. And Lord, I ask that we will not be sidetracked by small thinking but you will enlarge our thinking because you are the supernatural God and nothing is impossible for you. But Lord, we also ask you, Father, Lord, that these will not be just words that are high in the sky, but they will be earthed in reality. They will be earthed in changed lives. There will be earth, Father, in people getting healed and delivered and set free. It will be earthed with light coming on in darkness, transfiguring lives, transforming lives. But we will speak Father, I thank you and the truth in love. We will thank not you, be moved. Amen.